All right, y'all. Welcome back to the DMVR Rams podcast. I'm Justin Michael, and this is part two of our 2023 Mountain West preview. We talked about the other teams from what used to be the mountain side of the conference on part one. We're now getting into the West. Of course, there are no divisions anymore, but this is just kind of an easy way to break up the league because it's how I still think of the conference. I guess maybe that will change as we get more used to this new format. I embrace the change. I think it makes a lot of sense getting rid of divisions, just giving yourself the best opportunity to land your best two teams in the championship game, period. There were times where either the Mountain or the West were much stronger than the other side. You could end up with a situation where, let's just say, hypothetically in the Mountain, you had three teams that all won, you know, nine or more games were great, played this brutal conference schedule, and then you had a team on the other side who just cruised, you know, maybe three of the teams in the West had losing records or something like that. And this just eliminates that possibility. It makes your championship game a little bit more marquee. Hopefully it gives you a better opportunity to land a Mountain West team in the college football playoff. Has not happened yet. But I do feel like there is more hope than there was a couple of years ago where it basically felt impossible just seeing Cincinnati get in especially in the four-team format, knowing that it's going to expand and, in theory, with more teams in, should help the G5 better contend for a championship. It's always going to be an uphill battle. I don't know if a G5 team's going to win a national championship anytime soon, but at least you have the opportunity. Anyways, if you missed the first half, go back and check that out. I previewed Boise State, Wyoming, Air Force, Utah State, and New Mexico. I'm not going to preview CSU in this series just because I'm going to go so in-depth with previewing CSU over the next month that just kind of felt pointless. We're going to get into every position. We'll basically talk about every player when it's all said and done. But I just figured with me filling out my preseason ballot right now, now's the perfect time to kind of disseminate some of this information. I'm in full research mode. I'm reading every preview that I can, listening to every podcast. I love this stage of the season, but I end up with all this info that I largely don't end up doing anything with. I thought to myself, hey, put it on a pod. There are obviously going to be more in-depth previews for these individual teams out there. If you want to listen to somebody speak about Boise State for 40 minutes, go ahead. But this way, you at least have a baseline of info going into the year. You have a sense of what the expectations are, what the state of the rosters are, what type of schedule these teams are going to have to face all that fun stuff. But before we get into San Diego State, Fresno State, San Jose State, some of these teams on the West Coast, I want to shout out Circa Resort and Casino, Vegas's first ever adult-only casino resort that saves time checking IDs. It's the world's largest sports book. It's three stories, stadium style. It takes 10 people just to operate the 78 million pixel screen. They've got awesome food from Victory Burger and Wings Company and Project Barbecue. There's tons of VIP seating, like the Dugout Club, Legends Club, Champions Club, Circa Club Upper, Circa Club Lower, and the North and South Stands. They have a 4,000-person capacity stadium swim area, literally a pool with a massive 143-by-40-foot LED screen. It's open 365 days a year. Six pools, two spas, over 15,000 feet of wet space, two swim bars, cabanas, you name it, they've got it. And they've also got over 500 rooms with a variety of layouts to fit your needs. Art from local artists. They're designed great. If you're heading out to Vegas for the Broncos Raiders, Avs Knights, maybe you're going to be there for the CSU UNLV game, book your stay at Circa Resort and Casino. 
Use the code DNVR20 for 20% off. Also, download the app at circusports.com. Circus Sports Bets can only be made while physically located in the state of Colorado. Must be 21 or older. All rights reserved. Circa Sports Colorado encourages you to gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER or visit problemgamblingcolorado.org. Also, if you're heading out to Vegas, especially this summer, do it in a Pins and Aces golf polo. Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of both All City and DNVR. We love Pins and Aces and get tons of compliments on and off the course. They're a family-owned golf and apparel business based right here in Colorado. They make amazing, breathable polos, perfect for when it's 120 out. They make hats, golf head covers, uh, you name it. Even our favorite innovative beer sleeve. It's a product that allows you to store seven beers inside your golf bag, keep the drinks cold the entire round. Check out pinsandaces.com. Use the code DNVR to get 15% off your first order and free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk about San Diego State, the team that may or may not be in the Mountain West for the final time this fall. That's all up in the air. What a mess of a situation that that has become. Really looking forward to seeing what shakes out at Media Days, which, by the way, just shouted out the homies over at Circa Resort and Casino. Media Days this year are at the Circa Resort and Casino, so I am incredibly excited to be able to take part in all of that. But yeah, I'm really interested to see what shakes out with this San Diego State team. They lose their stud defensive back, Patrick McMorris. He transferred to Cal. He both announced his intent to transfer and his commitment on the same day. Like He announced he was leaving San Diego State, announced he was committed to Cal the same day. Seems fishy, but that's a big loss. He was second on the team with 61 tackles. San Diego State actually loses all three of their leading tacklers from a year ago. They do, however, have one of the better linebacking cores in the conference. They add New Mexico transfer Cody Moon. He is a stud. He'll be starting at weak side linebacker. And then at strong side, you bring back Cooper McDonald Jr., guy who should be in the preseason all-conference mix. You know, I'd say the big question for San Diego State right now is just what does this offense look like? You do bring back Jaden Maiden at quarterback. He has eight starts in his career, has completed 60% of his passes, a guy that can make some things happen on the ground, actually had 353 rushing yards and three touchdowns a year ago, so uh, quite dangerous with his feet. But are they going to be explosive enough to keep up with some of these other top offenses? You do lose your leading rusher and two leading receivers from a year ago, a Jesse Matthews stud receiver that had been there the past couple of years, no longer in the mix. But it seemed like Maiden really got his feet underneath him, especially after they changed OCs last year, very similar to Boise State, started slow, changed QBs, changed OCs, and then ended up hitting the ground running over the final eight weeks or so. Fully expect them to be a competitive, tough team. I do wonder, though, if defensively they take a step back, and I wonder how quickly they're able to get going. You know, they have a tough schedule. Ohio comes in week one. That's a tough team. That's a tough team. And after that, you got Idaho State and UCLA going to Oregon State, who I expect to make some noise in the Pac-12 this year. And then they play Boise State and Air Force. So their first six weeks are just a gauntlet of all the teams that are at least on paper in the mix this year. I think they probably have one of the toughest schedules. And it feels crazy to say this given their recent success, but I wonder if they don't 
have, you know, like an eight plus one season factor into the Mountain West championship conversation if they're not looking for a new coach. I think the fans are getting kind of restless with Brady Hoke. You've obviously got this gorgeous new facility. You've got to put fans in the stands. Again, it sounds crazy, but outside of Danny Gonzalez at UNM, I don't know if there's a coach whose seat's hotter. Maybe Craig Bull, but Wyoming's not going to move on from him. They know that they can't do better. And if they do, that that guy's not going to stick around. At least Bull's in it for the long haul. But San Diego State and Wyoming, those are two completely different situations. San Diego State is trying to capitalize on all this momentum that they have nationally. You're trying to prove to the Pac-12 that you're deserving of that invite. I don't know. The Aztecs only went 7-6 and six last year. And at least on paper, I feel like they're a worse team going into this year than they were going into last year. Their schedule is really hard. I mean, even after those first six weeks that we already talked about, their final four weeks, they get Utah State at home. That's winnable. You go to CSU. If you're a Ram fan at that stage, you're hoping that you're playing good football. Then they go to San Jose State. I've already said that I feel like Chevin Cordero, best quarterback in the conference. Then they finish against Fresno State. Four of their six games at home, I would mark as very losable. And CSU is in a very similar spot. You've got a tough home slate. Don't want to get too carried away, but I'm kind of inclined to fade the Aztecs going into this year. You know what? Let's have some fun with it. It's the preseason. Doesn't count for anything. Here is my bold prediction. The Aztecs will flirt with 500 for most of the year, finish no better than 7-5, and but they will fire Brady Hoke before the end of the season. How about that? All right, moving on to Fresno State. They return seven starters defensively, including linebacker Lavelle Bailey, who's been one of my favorite players in the conference the past couple of years. Uh, only four starters returning on offense. They lose Jake Hayner, dynamite quarterback these past couple of years. Also lose Jalen Cropper. He was kind of like their Dante Wright-esque receiver, smaller guy that you could line up all over the field and make an impact. Jordan Mims, leading rusher from a year ago. He is no longer on the team, but they do bring back Malik Sherrod. He should be their starting running back this season. Average 5.4 yards per carry a year ago as their number two. Still had 400 yards on the ground. Nice season. Um, At quarterback, I expect it to be UCF transfer Mikey Keene. CSU actually offered him as well, but I mean, with Clay Millen, it, it makes more sense to go to Fresno where he was always going to have a better opportunity to start. In 11 previous starts at UCF, he has completed 66% of his passes, 23 TDs, 7 interceptions. So a nice addition via the portal for the Bulldogs. I don't think he's going to beat Jake Hayner. Very few guys are. But this is a program that most years is pretty lethal offensively. It does feel like they're kind of boomer bust type team. Like they're either right in the mix there competing for a championship or they're just god awful. But Tedford is one of the better coaches in the league for my money. I'm very interested to see what he's able to do with this offense in 2023. Again, you're without Cropper. They also lost Josh Kelly, who transferred over uh, to Washington State, Mountain West receiver that I thought CSU had a pretty good chance to land. Instead, he ends up with the Cougars. We'll see him in week one, as well as Kyle Williams, who went over to Wazoo from UNLV. Flipping things over to the defensive side, like I said, Lavelle Bailey is back. He's been one of the more productive linebackers. They also bring back Malachi Langley. Uh, If there's anything you feel good about this Bulldogs team, it's the fact that they bring back four of their five leading tacklers from a year ago. 
you know, a quarterback who's experienced, albeit in a new system. And you just, you bank on your coaching staff. You have one of the better headmen in the league. And really the confidence schedule kind of plays out in your favor. Tough week one matchup at Purdue. Eastern Washington is not going to be a cakewalk either. I could totally see them going into Tempe and beating Arizona State week three. Kent State comes to town week four. Then they got Nevada, Wyoming, Utah State, whole winnable. UNLV, very winnable. Boise at home. At San Jose State, they finish against New Mexico and San Diego State. I think they're going to really close the season strong. And although I'm not predicting it, it wouldn't shock me if the Bulldogs ended up making an appearance in the Mountain West Championship game, mostly just because I respect what they are as a program. I think this schedule is much more favorable for them than some of these other top teams. I guess we'll see, but I'm intrigued. Uh, Another team I'm really intrigued by, honestly, probably higher on than most, is San Jose State, and that's just because I really love Chevin Cordero. I liked him going back to his time at Hawaii, but quietly, just one of the more efficient, smart quarterbacks that there is in this league. He cut his interceptions way down this past season, 23 touchdowns, only seven picks. You love to see that. And I just, I'm banking on his experience as a starter, 23 career starts. He's got his senior running back back next to him, Kyrie Robinson. He also has a Justin Lockhart, former Nevada receiver back. I expect this offense to be one of the better groups in the league this upcoming season. For me, the big question is, what are you like defensively? Kyle Harmon no longer in the picture. Cade Hall no longer in the picture. Violimi Fahoko is no longer on the team. Those were three of the better front seven players in the conference the past two seasons. You got to replace all three of those guys. As far as the schedule goes, does not do the Spartans any favor. Uh, They open at USC, then they host Oregon State. Both of those probably going to be losses. Uh, You get Cal Poly at home, then they go to Toledo, and then they play Air Force. So their first five games are going to be a gauntlet. Decent chance they could start one and four, maybe two and three. But then, you, you know, you hope that you rebound. At Boise State, tough, but New Mexico, Utah State, Hawaii, very winnable stretch. They close with Fresno, San Diego State, UNLV. Definitely one of the harder schedules in the conference. And because of that, they're not going to be talked about like Fresno State, like San Diego State. But I think they have a better quarterback than any of those teams. And in college football, that makes a huge difference. Not saying they're going to win the Mountain West or anything like that. But I would certainly have them on upset watch every big game. It would not shock me at all if they ended up you know, beating Fresno and San Diego State, or if they find a way to beat an Air Force or a Boise. I really like Brent Brennan. I think they have an awesome team culture. He's one of my favorite coaches to interview. He's tight with Norvell and Timmy Chang both. So maybe that's my heart kind of overriding my brain here, but I really do think there's going to be some value, especially betting-wise, with this San Jose State team. And it wouldn't shock me if they end up being a sleeper. That's all I'm saying. Uh, We're going to keep it moving. We're going to talk about Hawaii. But FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They have the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Now's the perfect time to get loaded up for football season. Um, Maybe you're still going to baseball games. If you're a Rockies fan like me, it's a tough existence. But at least I know I can look cool on Aloha shirt, a straw hat, a polo, you name it. They've got it all. FOCO has hooked us up with a ton of set pieces for our shows. They always have our back. They're going to have yours as well. 
get the best gear around by using the link in our podcast description or for all non-presale items, use the promo code DNVR for 10% off your order. Finally, you know we love Breckenridge Brewery at DNVR. They are one of our oldest, probably the oldest partner that we have. My girlfriend works for Breck. I'm a big Breck guy. And it's because they have a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having ice cold Breck brew in hand. They've been doing it for 33 years. All comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. I'm a big mountain beach guy. You can't go wrong with the Avalanche Amber Ale. I highly recommend the slushies that they now offer. You can get that outside at Breck. The farmhouse is sick. Really good burgers. They have some of the best hot wings that I've had in the metro area. Really everything Breck does, they do it well. Check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. All right, moving on. We've got Hawaii, UNLV, and Nevada all on CSU's schedule this year. Not three teams that I would say are typically the most relevant in the conference, but we'll start with the Warriors, our old friend Timmy Chang. They were really frisky last year. I think they were 9-3 and three against the spread. They benefit by bringing Braden Trader back at quarterback second year in that run-and-shoot system, hopefully you know, a year wiser, a year better. They do have to replace Parson, their leading rusher from a year ago, a guy that had close to 900 yards and 11 touchdowns on the ground, was a big part of what they did. That said, Tylen Hines, who was productive even as a freshman last year, is back. He'll be the starter in his sophomore year. Averaged 7.6 yards per carry as a true freshman, so really interested to see what he's able to do. Really interested to see what the defense looks like as well. They got nine starters back. They have Cam Stone at corner, former Wyoming Poke. He had 12 pass deflections a year ago. Secondary as a whole should be pretty strong for Hawaii. You had a couple of Washington transfers on the defensive side. I mean, it's it's an intriguing unit. They're more athletic than they were a couple of years ago. Definitely a much better vibe under Timmy Chang than apparently what was going down there under Graham. But it's going to be a tough start to the year. I mean, they play three P5s in the first four weeks. They open at Vanderbilt, who kind of seems like they're on the rise these past couple of years. Then Stanford comes to town. You never know. That could potentially be a be a winnable game. First-year head coach, you never know. Then they play Albany, really random, before going to Oregon. Then finally, the schedule loosens up a little bit. New Mexico State comes to town. Then they get UNLV on the road. Although, don't. Don't underestimate New Mexico State under Jerry Krill, former Minnesota head man. And then the second half of the season, San Diego State, New Mexico, San Jose State, Nevada, Air Force, Wyoming, and of course, CSU on the island in the season finale. If you're a Rams fan, you're just hoping that they already have bowl eligibility locked up at that point. The last thing you want to have to do is go on the road to the island in a must-win situation for bowl eligibility because I've said it before, I'll say it again, best home field advantage in college football is the travel that comes with having to play Hawaii on the road. It's not like it's the most hostile environment. The locals certainly are big into the program, but it's more just the travel. All right, moving on to UNLV, we have first-year head coach Barry Odom. Marcus Arroyo was fired after last year. Kind of surprising to me. I know that the season kind of fizzled out after a hot start, but they had a ton of injuries. I guess I just didn't really see it coming. Uh, They do bring Doug Brumfield back at quarterback. He should be one of the better true passers this year. Got a huge arm. He won't be able to lean on Kyle Williams anymore. Stud receiver moved on to Washington State. He does still have Ricky White, though. 
probably one of the top five or six receivers in the conference, I'd argue. So you feel pretty good, I think, about the vertical game. Rushing-wise, they've got to replace Aiden Robbins, who had over 1,000 yards on the ground, nine touchdowns last year. But I think if you're a Rebels fan, you feel fairly optimistic going into this season, just knowing you've got your QB back. He's proven that he can be a playmaker when given time. Defensively, they took a big leap forward last year, and you bring back seven starters from that unit. I think it's just a matter of how quickly are they able to get the ball rolling here. They play Bryant week one, FCS program, who you want to respect, but again, you should expect to win that. Then they go to the big house at Michigan before Vandy comes to town. At UTEP, they host Hawaii. And then following a bye week, sandwiched in between their rivalry trip to Reno and trips to Fresno State, they host CSU, which I already said that's a must-win game for CSU. I think that's going to be a must-win game for UNLV too. I think that game is going to be very important into determining if either of these teams end up making the postseason. But if you're the Rebels, who at that point will very likely already have a couple of P5 losses, if you lose on the road at Reno with a trip to Fresno State looming, you really can't afford to drop that game to CSU at home in the middle of your season. Otherwise, you're sitting in a position where you likely have to win four or five over the final six to end up in the in the postseason conversation. And that's just a really tough spot, especially for a first-year coach. We shall see. Finally, we got Nevada wrapping it up here. I got the second year under Ken Wilson. Things got a little chippy with some of the stuff he said about Jay last year, but Jay got the last laugh when the Rams went into Reno and won. I'm interested to see what Nevada looks like this year. They're offensively going to be quite different. You got Brendan Lewis, former CU starter. He'll be their starting QB. He's fine. I mean, I would argue he's an upgrade from what they had, but he's not exactly a a player that makes you shake in your boots either. They got to replace a ton of production in the backfield. Toa Tua no longer in the mix. Neither is um, Cox or Lee. That's about 1,500 yards on the ground and 18 touchdowns that they're going to have to make up for. They also lost their three leading tacklers on the defensive side, though they do bring eight starters back on D. Drew Watts is a guy in particular that I would look out for, should be in for a big sophomore year after breaking out as a starter, as a true freshman in 2022. You know, when you look at the metrics, Nevada is one of those teams that the computers tend to think will be better than a year ago. They lost a bunch of really tight games, assuming that some of those go your way. You know, you should be able to have a little bit better record. That said, I just I have a hard time seeing this team break out with their schedule. You open at USC, that's tough. Yeah, Idaho, that's a must win for them at home. Before hosting Kansas, that's probably a loss. At Texas State, who knows? That was a competitive game last year that they barely won. Then you go to Fresno State before the bye, UNLV in your rivalry game at SDSU. Gets a little easier with New Mexico, Hawaii, Utah State. And they close against CSU and Wyoming. I just, I don't know. I, I've seen some some stuff. I think Phil Steele had Nevada as the, one of the teams he expects to really improve this year. I don't see it. I just, I don't see them winning more than four games. I was not impressed by Ken Wilson's demeanor last year as a head coach. I just thought he was, he's a guy that came off petty and immature to me. And frankly, I think he got, his team so worked up for that CSU game, they basically took themselves out of it. I guess we'll see. I mean, that game against the Wolfpack and Fort Collins is definitely one the Rams need to win if they want to make a bowl. 
but I am not high on this Nevada team at all. I'm not quite done with my preseason projected order, but they're going to be 11th or 12th on my list. Maybe I put them ahead of New Mexico, but those two are easily the worst teams on paper going into the year. Maybe you could put Hawaii in there, I guess, as well. But I think just with how they played last year, I, I have more confidence in Timmy Chang turning things around. But yeah, I'm not going to keep piling on the Wolfpack or anything like that. That's just my two cents. This has been my 2023 Mountain West preview. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Hope you guys learned some things. And we'll be back with more content throughout the week. Much love, y'all. Peace. Probably never make it when you listening to that right now. I said we on now.